From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop? It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you're not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's churchescare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com. We look forward to serving you. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to churchescare.com to explore the possibilities. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True, and thank you to all the listeners. Are you ready for a surprising show about Cabosaurus Champ and the Loch Ness Monster? Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we do miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We're not so good with pronouncing names. We apologize. And a final disclaimer. Neither of us have expertise in investigating unusual creatures. If we have misstated anything, we apologize in advance. Thank you, Justina, for letting me choose the subject of legendary sea and lake creatures. You just wanted to talk about the Loch Ness Monster and threw in a couple other cryptids to make it seem like you're looking at a larger subject. Anyway, I thought we were only going to talk about the Loch Ness Monster if a listener suggested it. I saw some footage from the television show called Unsolved Mysteries from 2008 that had a segment on frequent sightings of Cadborosaurus, named after Cadboro Bay on the southern tip of Vancouver Island in British Columbia, Canada. The witnesses seemed to be very credible. Champ from Lake Champlain was mentioned as well in the show. We couldn't exclude the Loch Ness Monster, especially as a lighter subject than recent ones seems to be a good idea. 
I agree that a lighter subject is welcome. We could have some fun with this subject, but the Loch Ness Monster may just be a myth. So who is Champ? Champ is an alleged type of lake monster that lives in Lake Champlain, which is situated at the United States-Canada border, with a coastline in Vermont, New York State, and Quebec. The lake has an area of 435 square miles, or over 1,100 square kilometers. Why are Champ and Nessie called monsters? I checked dictionary.com and the monsters are defined by descriptions such as ugly, legendary, not of normal appearance or frightening. So if you just think legendary and not of normal appearance, I think that those are descriptions that would fit. I don't think anybody has claimed that any of these creatures have chewed anyone in half. Cadborosaurus isn't called a monster though. Cadborosaurus, originally named Cadborosaurus wilsi, suggests that the creature is a species and a dinosaur, even if the name was not given by a, biologi- by a biologist. Where did the name Wilsey in Cabrosaurus Wilsey come from? In the 1930s, a newspaper editor from Victoria, British Columbia, called Archie Wills, first gave the creature the name Cadborosaurus, hence the name Cadborosaurus Wilsey. That's funny, but what does Cabrosaurus look like? Have there been many sightings? Regarding their appearance, I'm going to quote from Wikipedia. Cadborosaurus wilsi is said by witnesses to resemble a serpent with vertebral coils or humps in tandem behind the horse-like head and a long neck with a pair of small elevating front flippers and either a pair of hind flippers or a pair of large webbed hind flippers fused to form a large fan-like tail region that provides powerful forward propulsion, unquote. The original quote was from the book Cadborosaurus, Survivor from the Deep by Dr. Paul LeBlond and others, which has an artist's impression of one of the creatures on the cover. The book supports a case for Cadborosaurus being real living creatures. Regarding sightings, apparently there have been a lot of them over the years. You didn't mention how large these creatures are. Were sightings just in the Cabarro Bay, or have there been sightings in other places? According to Wikipedia, there have been more than 300 sightings in the last 200 years, including Cadborough Bay, uh, the, the Saanich Peninsula in British Columbia, and also in San Francisco Bay in Northern California. Apparently, the Inuit people of Alaska have drawings of them on their canoes to keep the creatures away. Native people acknowledging real or imaginary creatures. We have come across this before. Yes, without going into any details, that didn't lead to a good outcome. We'll have to get into some eyewitness reports after this short break and also to start talking about some other creatures and maybe even get into your favorite topic, which is the Loch Ness Monster. Network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN TV. For more information on the X Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are talking about the Cabrasaurus. And going back into that topic, are there any eyewitness accounts? Yes, there is a Cadborosaurus website uh, with newspaper cuttings from sightings in the 1800s that claims that ship captains would see the creatures, but some would not report them. The first report in modern times was in 1933, when a lawyer and his wife from Victoria, British Columbia, were cruising in their yacht when they saw what they described as a horrible serpent with the head of a camel. In the following year, in 1934, two members of the provincial government gave a similar description. In the same year, two fishermen claimed they saw two creatures, one about 60 feet long or about 18 meters long. They claimed sightings continued until the 1990s. Do you have any details of a more recent sighting? Yes, Doris Sinclair from Washington State claimed she saw a Cadborosaurus and quoted uh, uh, and quoted uh, it was quoted in an issue of the Scottish Herald newspaper from October of 1992. I'll quote: "I was at a spot on the jetty on the rocks. And I spotted him about 30 feet from where I was sitting. The sea was calm and the ocean was on my right, and Grays Harbour was on my left." I saw this wonderfully slender neck just raise out of the water and made a nodding motion as it rose out of the water four or five times. I only saw the head and neck, which was about five or six feet of the, out of the water. It suggested elegance. It had a kind of dignity about it. I felt honored, unquote. So why is a Scottish newspaper covering a story thousands of miles away? Uh, the Pacific West Coast and Scotland have alleged creatures in common. Are there any pictures of the creature? Regarding pictures, the most famous pictures are from 1937. It could be a dead Cadborosaurus or something more common. Why weren't people sure of what it was? The carcass was found in the stomach of a dead whale at the Naden Harbour waiting station and was photographed. The available pictures show some kind of picture sorry, some kind of creature, but its body was wrapped in what looks like a tarp. The head was reported to resemble that of a dog with horse-like features and with a turned-down turn nose like a camel. The creature had a flat, horizontal, or fluke like a whale, and short foreflippers. The carcass, which was about 12 feet or about 3.7 meters long, was taken to a museum for identification. There, the carcass was dismissed as being a type of a whale and was not preserved. The staff at the whaling station, who were used to finding dead creatures in the stomachs of whales, did not agree and insisted that, carpet, that the carcass was not any type of whale. So, somebody received the carcass of a strange creature, didn't identify it as a cabrosaurus, and then didn't keep any body parts just in case. Yeah, just keeping a skeleton would have provided permanent physical evidence one way or the other. There have been other carcasses to examine over the years, but these have been officially identified as other known sea animals, but not Cadborosaurus. Has anyone tried to catch one alive? There are two reports that, that have some skepticism associated with them. In 1968, Captain Bill Hagerland claims to have caught a very young Cadborosaurus near De Courcy Island, British Columbia. The creature was about 16 inches long and one inch in diameter, or about 47, 41 centimeters long and two and a half centimeters in diameter. Fearing the creature was going to die because it was frantically trying to escape, uh, Bill Hagerland released the creature. Later in 1991, Phyllis Harsh claimed she captured another very young Cadborosaurus, which was about two feet long or 61 centimeters long. It was stranded off the Washington state coast on John's Island. I congratulate them both. Would it be worth killing either of the creatures for 15 minutes of fame? Besides Unsolved Mysteries, which you mentioned, is there any other television show that has reported on Cabrera Soruses? 
In 2011, the Discovery Channel had a special on Cabrasaurus with the Hillstrand brothers from the Deadliest Catch series. Discovery Channel purchased video footage of an alleged Cabrasaurus observed by a Washington State fishing boat captain in 2009. The video footage, which is grey and grainy, is easy to find on the internet. Dr. Paul Leblanc, the Cadborosaurus author who we mentioned earlier, was also in the show. The Hillstrand brothers have a fishing vessel, the Time Bandit. Did they catch one? I think we would have heard about it if they had caught one, so of course they didn't. Um, you had information something else strange occurring in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it sounded really bizarre. I'm not sure if it has anything to do with anything, but in a similar location to where Cabrasaurus have been reported as being sighted, severed human feet have been washed up on shore. Yes, I've heard about the feet, but is it just a hoax? At least one hoax was reported in 2008. Somebody put an animal foot in a sock and then into an athletic shoe with a bunch of seaweed. But news outlets like national newspapers and major broadcasting networks have reported on incidents since 2007. Severed feet still inside shoes kept washing on, up on shores of the Salish Sea. Before you ask, the Salish Sea is created by a network of coastal waterways in British Columbia and Washington State. Vancouver Island and the Olympic Peninsula separate the Salish Sea from the Pacific Ocean. Is Cabrillo Bay on the Salish Sea? Cabrillo Bay opens out into the Harrow Strait and the Salish Sea, so yes. We could be adding two and two and making 27, so how many human feet have been washed up? 16 since August of 2007, all in athletic shoes. The severed feet belong to five males, two females, and three of unknown gender. Only two have been left feet, both of which were matched with right feet. Only five feet have been matched to four persons. The remaining 11 feet have not been matched to anyone. Apparently, only one foot had the appearance of being intentionally severed. This could be just a strange event um, that's occurring roughly in the same part of the world, but the timelines are different. Athletic shoes worn by the masses only occurred from the 1970s. Why don't we change subject and work east to Lake Champlain and talk about the local legend of Champ? According to Wikipedia, which considers Champ to be folklore, there have been over 300 sightings of Champ. What does Champ look like? With that many sightings, there must be a good idea of what Champ looks like. Here is a quote from Wikipedia regarding a report of a sighting from 1819. Quote, an 1890 report in a Plattsburgh Republican entitled Cape Ann Serpent on Lake Champlain, reports a Captain Crumb sighting an enormous serpentine monster. Crumb estimated the monster had been about 187 feet long and approximately 200 yards away from him. Despite the great distance, he claimed to have witnessed it being followed by two large sturgeon and a billfish. I was able to see that it had three teeth and the eyes the color of peeled onions. He also described the monster as having a belt of red around its neck and a white star on its forehead. Unquote. Captain Crumb, spelled C-R-U-M, sounds like it could be a made-up name ending in R-U-M, as in rum. Is there a more recent sighting that sounds like a rather large creature unless Captain Crumb was mistaken? Here's another quote from Wikipedia for a sighting in 2005. Champ reportedly could be seen in a video taken by fisherman Dick Affolter and his stepson Pete Baudet in the summer of 2005. Close examination of the images may be interpreted either as a head and neck of a plesiosaur-like animal with an open mouth in one frame and a closed mouth in another, or a fish or eel. Although two retired FBI forensic image analysts who reviewed the tape said it appears authentic and unmanipulated, one of them added, there's no place in there that I can actually see an animal or any other object on the surface, unquote. Let's mention another sighting from Lake Champlain. Yeah, the following quote is again from Wikipedia, but not really a, about a sighting. Quote, one piece of evidence, though not a sighting per se, is the recording of sounds from within the lake by Fauna Communications Research Institute in 2003, working as part of a Discovery Channel program. 
The group described the sounds as being similar to those produced by beluga whales or dolphins, neither of which are known to live in Lake Champlain. An article describing recordings has been published in scientific literature, unquote. There is some video of the Cabarrosaurus. Is there any video of Champ? Yes, the website cryptozoologynews.com has a video of an alleged creature from July of 2016. Uh, an anonymous Navy veteran and IT professional from Vermont made the video. The video was taken at 4 a.m. and, of course, is in the dark. Here is a quote from the anonymous person, quote, The head's similar morphology to an alligator head can be seen moving through the water. Only the top half appears visible, also similar to how an alligator moves, in the, moves, it, moves on the water's surface, with only eyes and nostrils exposed, he told crypto, Cryptozoology News. Deep eye ridges, vertical pupil, very similar to an alligator, except for a protrusion on the snout between the eyes. A snout crest, possibly. And the nostrils seem more to point more forward than an alligator's, unquote. I looked at the video and it looked fake. Uh, it looked to me like something being pulled along. Why don't we change subject again and work further east to Loch Ness in Scotland? But the most famous picture taken in 1934 of the alleged monster was widely exposed as a hoax in 1994 and earlier in a 1975 in a London newspaper article. The monster was a toy submarine with a head and neck made out of wood putty. It was just a prank. There is lots of evidence over the years, including sonar scans of the entire lock, which suggests that the existence of the Loch Ness monster is just pure fiction. Yeah, before we go any further, we better explain a little bit about Loch Ness. Here's a quote from Wikipedia, quote, Loch Ness is a large deep freshwater lock in the Scottish Highlands extending for approximately 37 kilometers, 23 miles, southwest of Inverness. Its surface is 16 meters, 52 feet above sea level. Loch Ness is best known for alleged sightings of the cryptozoological Loch Ness monster, also known affectionately as Nessie. It is connected at the southern end by the River Oak and a section of the Caledonian Canal to, Lo to Loch Oak. At the northern end, there is the Bonnet Narrows, which open up into Loch Dock 4, which feeds the River Ness and a further section of canal to Inverness. It is one of a series of interconnected murky bodies of water in Scotland. Its water visibility is exceptionally low due to a high peat content in the surrounding soil. Unquote. The lock extends along an active fault line and is long and narrow. It's interesting that waterways are interconnected and that the water has low visibility. It's also interesting, but the alleged monster has been exposed as a hoax. It sounds like the Loch Ness Monster needs an advocate. I will try and find some evidence that there is a Loch Ness Monster, I can't even say it. But, it's quite, but quite frankly, I don't believe that a creature exists, except in the imagination. But let's start with a recent claim sighting. I will quote from the London Daily Mail, dated 20, June 27, 2017, in the article, uh, Peter Jackson and Philippa Wern from Sydney, Australia, were vacationing in Scotland. I think we'll start a quote after the next break because I don't think we got time before we have to move on. So do you want to take us into the next break, Justina? Yes. After this short break, we'll continue discussing the Loch Ness Monster and then get into the questions and the psychic insight. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzone.com. 
xzbn.net. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing the Loch Ness Monster. And Dad, you were just about to quote from the London Daily Mail, dated June, 2000 and, June 27, 2017. So can you please start on the quotes? Yeah, this is from uh, eyewitnesses, Philip Wern and uh, Peter Jackson from Sydney, Australia. Um, the, cu- the couple noticed the object moving at 5.18 p.m. on June the 22nd, about four miles south of Urquhart Castle, while driving north on the A82 on the west side of Loch Ness. They safely stopped, ran back to find a clearing in the trees and took out their smartphones to take pictures. Mr. Jackson said, I know I saw something and I know it was large, so I'm keeping an open mind. And Miss Wern added, We had a lovely feeling between ourselves watching it until it disappeared. Gary Campbell, register of sightings at uh, Loch Ness, said, It's a great thing that once again smartphone technology has allowed visitors to the area to snap something unusual at the loch. This makes it much easier to identify known creatures, which has led to a drop in recorded sightings over the past few years." Uh, the pictures shown in the article are rather indistinct. I'm not sure what is in the water. That's a very recent sighting. So there's a registrar of sightings at Loch Ness. That's interesting. Sounds like a lot of people are seeing things they want to report as unusual. If there is a registrar of sightings, there must be a website. Yes, it's called the, and I'm trying not to laugh, the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register with a count of a reported sighting set at 1,091. There are six sightings from for 2017. There has been two sightings since the one in June described just a few minutes ago. I will quote from the website. Here's the most recent report. 22nd of August, 2017. Mr. Stuparik and three friends were out walking from the Doors Inn to Tor Point. As they came to the shore on the point, all four saw something huge in the water. They said it was an unusual shape. It arched out of the water and then turned and went down underwater. The sightings took place at 3.41 p.m. and lasted about 10 seconds, unquote. Here's the next most recent entry. 26th of June, 2017. Paula from Canada took a video from the Loch Ness webcam at 7 p.m shows an unknown object moving slowly north on a lock near Urquhart Castle, unquote. So there is a reported sighting on the Loch Ness webcam. That's modern technology for you. Yes, there's a live stream of a view of the lock. Anyone can take a look at what's going on there. The live stream is also available on YouTube and uh, the weather looks good and and the lock look calm today. Well, I'm assuming you didn't see any Loch Ness monsters when you viewed that, but why don't you mention the remaining sightings from this year? There are three more as follows. Uh, Here's the first from the earlier three. Uh, 12th of June, 2017. Paula from Canada took a five-minute video from the Loch Ness webcam at 11.20 a.m. It shows an unknown object moving slowly down the middle of the loch towards Fort Augustus, unquote. That's from the webcam again. Here is the previous sighting from this year. 1st of May, 2017. Miss Johnson from Manchester was at Urquhart Bay taking pictures at dusk when she spotted a dark shape in the water higher than the waves. And this is the first report from the year. Uh, 28th of April. A Miss Kearney from Dumbartonshire was at the lock with three of her friends when they saw a 20-metre long series of waves moving about five miles per hour along the surface, 500 meters out. It came out of nowhere and then disappeared the same way. They have confirmed that there were no, there was no boat traffic in the area. The sightings took place at 3 p.m. from a lay-by on the A82 road between Drum, uh, Drocket and Inverness, unquote. That's rather a lot of reports over a few months for something many people don't think exists. There doesn't seem to be anything strange about the eyewitnesses. But is there a sighting in the website that more positively identifies a lake creature? 
I like the following report from 2003. It's specific and involves an eyewitness that is a professional mariner. Quote, 23rd of May, 2003. Local Coast Guard skipper George Edwards saw a six-foot-long creature surface for about two to three minutes close to Urquhart Castle at around 1 p.m. in the afternoon. He said it was dark gray in color and had a rough texture to its skin. It came out of the water about 18 inches, unquote. Urquhart has mentioned quite a bit. I'm getting a little concerned that these sightings do suggest there's something in the lock. I thought the entire subject of the monster was clever marketing for tourism in Scotland. You haven't mentioned any pictures. Are there any? There are pictures, but from so far away, um, without special camera gear, it's difficult to see what, it, what is actually being photographed. The reporting sighting from 2003 by George Edwards has a clear picture that could be of a creature, but the object in the water is a long way away. The eyewitnesses mentioned seem very credible. There may be more to this than I ever imagined. According to the BBC, you have nothing to worry about. Advanced technology has been used for detection. Here's a quote from Wikipedia, and I quote, in 2003, the BBC sponsored a search of the lock using 600 sonar beams and satellite tracking. The search had sufficient resolution to identify a small buoy. No animal of substantial size was found, and despite their high hopes, the scientists involved admitted that this proved the Loch Ness Monster was a myth, end quote. It looks like we have covered the three creatures we're going to talk about. Do you have anything we missed? I'm sure we missed quite a lot, but I think we need to point out that reports of sightings of unidentified creatures in lakes is not uncommon. Again, according to Wikipedia, there are about 70 lakes with alleged monsters spread across several continents. I had no idea that there were so many. I bet the general public aren't aware of so many alleged strange creatures in lakes. Can you provide some examples? Canada and the United States seem to be well represented, but I will mention the creature Faya Naga in Lake Kong Long in northeastern Thailand. Apparently, scientists think that the creature is mythical and similar to the belief in the Loch Ness Monster or the Opopogo, sorry, Ogopogo, reputed to live in the Okanagan Lake in British Columbia, Canada. What does the Thai Lake creature look like? There are serpent-like creatures that live in several different places, including the Mekong River, apparently. Some of the locals believe they are responsible for the Naga fireballs, which are mysterious glowing orbs that rise into the sky from the Mekong River. This occurs during the months of October and May. An explanation is methane from the riverbed catching fire, which seems odd, because something would have to ignite it and methane would explode or burn rapidly. We've gone off of subject a little bit. Let's just close with the Ogopogo, reputed to live in the Okanagan Lake in Canada. What information is there on this alleged creature? According to the Live Science website, Okanagan Lake is, Canadian's, is Canada's Loch Ness. Here's a description of the creature from the same website. Ogopogo is often described as a dark and multi-humped, often described as dark and multi-humped, with green, black, brown, or with green, black, brown, or gray skin. The head is said to look like that of a snake, sheep, horse, seal, or even an alligator. Some eyewitnesses say it has ears or horns. Others don't. Many sightings simply describe it uh, describe a featureless log that came alive, unquote. We don't have time to mention any more lakes, but it appears that Loch Ness has become a franchise. So why does Loch Ness get all the attention? You would think before today that there is only one lake with sightings of alleged creatures. I don't really know, but maybe there's something uh, old and mystical about the area. It is an unspoiled location, but easily accessible with a highway running right alongside it. But anyway, I'll ask the first question regarding uh, Cadborosaurus. Of over 300 possible sightings of Cadborosaurus, how many were of whales, sharks, or other known sea animals? Many were of already known sea animals. Were some of Cadborosaurus? A very long time ago, yes, but none of the current ones. Do the Inuit people of Alaska believe that Cabrosaurus are real creatures? Yes. 
Why do the Inuit people of Alaska have pictures of a cabrosaurus on their canoes? Because it was once a creature, but the creature no longer exists. When cabrosaurus was in existence, was the description accurate of being serpent-like with vertical coils or humps in tandem behind the the horse-like head? Yes. Was Doris Sinclair's account from 1992 accurate in that she actually saw a cabrosaurus? No. What did she actually see? It was a whale. How long ago did cabrosaurus live? Before the 1900s, so it's been a very long time since they actually existed. What was the creature found in the stomach of a dead whale at the Naden Harbour whaling station? It was a different type of fish, but it was not the actual cabrosaurus. Why weren't the remains of the creature preserved and stored? Because it didn't seem important to the people at the time, and there's many unknown fish and different species in the ocean, so it's actually not very rare to find strange things that whales and other large animals eat. What did Captain Bill Hagerlund catch alive in 1968? It was a different species of fish, but it was not this creature, since this creature is more related to the ancient dinosaurs. So it could not survive in the current waters with the water shifting and the salt levels changing. So what he caught was a strange type of fish, but is not the cabrosaurus. So it was a yet an unidentified species? Correct. What did Phyllis Harsh catch alive in 1991? Again, a different type of species of fish, and that was more eel-like. What was the creature in the video that was shown in the television show Hill Stranded from 2011? That was actually just a whale, but it looked like a strange whale from that angle. So the problem is that the water does do tricks on when you're recording things, since the water reflects differently. So some things may appear differently, especially when they are in the water. Is it true that feet in athletic shoes are being washed up along the coast of the Salish Sea? Yes. How did the feet become severed? So there are multiple different reasons. So some of them are from people who have actually jumped by themselves and ended up in the water. So some are by suicide and some others are by people who were killed. Were they killed in accidents? Not all of them, no. Why were the victims wearing athletic and no other type of shoes? Because of how the athletic shoes actually are. So some other types of shoes will end up actually sinking instead of floating. So the athletic shoes actually help the feet have more of a buoyancy in the water. Are those feet washing up due to normal deaths, unfortunately? I would not say normal since some of the people were murdered, but there's nothing really abnormal. It's just how the beach is situated, the water is situated, or it's easier for them to wash up there than any other place. Is there any connection between the location of Cabrosaurus sightings and severed feet in athletic shoes? No, there is no creature going around eating people. I think we've got time for one more question before the break. What did Captain Crumb see in Lake Champlain in 1819? That was a true sighting. Okay, I think we're coming out to break, Justina. Do you want to take us there? Yes, after this short break, we'll continue with the questions and the psychic insight, and then maybe have some time to actually discuss the psychic insight in our reaction. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the psychic insight and the questions. So, Dad, can you please continue with the psychic insight and the questions? And I believe we just were talking about Captain Crumb right before this. Yes, uh, Captain Crumb apparently is real, was real, and had a true sighting. Um, Did the creature that was sighted have a belt of red around its neck and a white star on his forehead? Yes. What did fisherman Dick Affalter and his stepson Pete Baudet see in 2005? That was, again, a normal creature, just a normal fish. What was the source of the sound recorded from Lake Champlain in 2003? Basically, that was a combination of the animals, the wind, and the weather. So the sound basically echoed off differently. So the sounds were just normal sounds that were basically amplified. So it's just normal animals? Correct. What was the object in the video made by the anonymous Navy veteran from Vermont in 2016? Another undiscovered species. So it wasn't the same as the creature seen by Captain Crumb in 1819? Correct. Is there a creature known as Champ living in Lake Champlain? No. How are these creatures appearing in a lake? Are they coming from somewhere else? Yes and no. So obviously some different species did come from other places. Well, some are native to the earth. But the problem is that a lot of species are undiscovered since they basically haven't really explored the bodies of water too thoroughly yet. And there also is a possibility too that in some bodies of water where people introduce known species and they end up adapting to the actual habitat and changing into their own species. So take, for example, if you take one species of fish from down in the south, you try to bring it up to a northern state. If this species actually survives, it might actually adapt to the lakes and adapt to the different habitats. Is the creature seen by Captain Captain Crumb no longer living in the lake? Correct. It is no longer in the lake. So conditions change and creatures can, cannot continue living where they were? Yes, some creatures just die out. Okay, I'm going to uh, change subjects here to uh, Loch Ness. What did Peter Jackson and Philippa Wern see in Loch Ness in June of this year? They saw an unknown species. What did Mr. Stuperich see in, lo- in the lock in August? The same thing. What did Paula from Canada see in the lock from the webcam in June, firstly on the 12th and then on the 26th? Again, the same creature. What did Miss Johnson from Manchester see in the lock in May? The same creature again. What did Miss Kearney from Dumbartonshire see in the lock in May? The creature. In May of 2003, what did Captain George Edwards see in the lock? Basically, you can call it the Loch Ness Monster, since it has undiscovered species that has existed for a very long time. Are there more than one of these creatures in the loch? Yes. Is there anything about this creature to be scared about? It is not going to eat humans, so there's really nothing to be afraid of. It is just a creature that has existed basically since the dinosaur age. So there is basically spottings of it, but it knows how to hide itself. In the 2003 sonar and satellite tracking search of Loch Ness, why wasn't anything found? Because it buried itself. Was that in mud or in rocks? Both, using survival instincts. Why are there something like 70 different lakes in the world 
sought by some that have unidentified creatures. Because a lot of the species have not yet been discovered, and just like turtles and alligators and whales and known creatures, there have been other creatures that have adapted and evolved since the dinosaur age and even before that. So these creatures are very, not really intelligent, but they know how to adapt and hide so they don't go extinct. So animals are very smart and do know that humans pose a threat to them. And let's say if the so-called Loch Ness Monster, whatever you want to call it, came out and showed itself to humans, a bunch of humans would rush to the lake and would all try to murder the creature and use it for its own studies. So a lot of the creatures like to stay hidden since they are basically more scared of humans than humans are scared of them. Is there a creature which is called Fianaga living in the lake in Lake Buen Kong Long in northeastern Thailand? Yes, but that creature is not the same as the Loch Ness Monster. So the thing is, is that there's a lot of different aquatic creatures that are not yet discovered. And each lake or body of water has unique properties that the species has adapted to. Is it like the Loch Ness Monster in that it knows how to hide? These species possess their own level of intelligence. So let's take whales as an example. Whales have enough intelligence to try to stay away from humans and not exactly swim near humans since they could potentially be hurt or killed by them. So different species have learned different methods so that they can blend in with their environments. Famous Australian naturalist Steve Irwin, when filming whales, found that a whale swam to him. Did the whale know that still Steve Irwin loved animals? Yes, it's all about energy. So the energy you put out to the animals feel very easily, since animals, almost all of them, are very sensitive. Does Fire Naga also live in the Mekong River? No. What are the glowing orbs seen ri- rising from the Mekong River in May and October? Those are balls of energy. So they're nothing to do with methane? No. What creates the energy? Just the energy of the people and the conditions are right, so they are visible. Is the alleged creature called Ogopogo reputed, reputed to live in Okanagan Lake, Canada, a reality? Yes, but that one is more like a fish. So there's more of a known type of creature? Yes. What more is there to learn about any of these creatures? There's a lot to learn about them, and especially with the Loch Ness Monster. Once it's hard, one is hard since it's not really a monster. It's more of a creature that has just been surviving off the conditions and trying to basically live and not go extinct like a lot of other aquatic creatures have. So there's nothing to fear and that if people want to go to Loch Ness, it's not going to try to attack them or eat them or anything like that. Since if it wanted to do that, it would already have done that. So it's something that feeds off the natural fish and natural plants in the lake and not obviously on people. So the lesson here is, is that humans like to fear the unknown, but when the unknown actually fears humans too, since humans do have the means of basically killing almost every creature. And even in terms of known animals, humans have caused many different animals to go extinct. So is the Loch Ness Monster actually a type of dinosaur? Related to the dinosaurs, so yes. Will mankind understand more about these strange sightings in the years to come? Yes and no, so it depends how people approach it. For example, in some lakes, different fish and different discoveries will actually be done, and people will know about more about the different species. However, creatures like the Loch Ness Monster will be very hard to study in that they don't want to be removed from their natural environment. So it'd be very bad to go into Loch Ness, get the Loch Ness Monster, and put it in some type of aquarium. And the thing is, these animals should be studied in their natural habitats instead of just being killed and used for science. That was the last of the questions. I now have to ask the question, is the Loch Ness Monster actually a living creature too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. I'm trying to figure out what I am prepared to believe, but creatures sensing that a search is going on and then hiding is pretty amazing. Well, there's no getting away from the eyewitness accounts that appear to be reported by perfectly normal people. I have to ask the next question. Years ago, were living Cabrosaurus and and living Champ too good to be true? That also depends on what you are prepared to believe. 
I think the most interesting aspect is that animals can sense the energy of humans and react accordingly. I'm not in favor of creatures being discovered. That means, which would mean death uh, to one or more of them and possibly imprisonment in an, in an, in an aquarium. Yes, I'm grateful that nothing in Loch Ness was found using sonar and satellite tracking. We can go on believing or not believing, but if there are creatures in the lock, I hope they may remain undiscovered for a very long time. Well, it seems to me that uh, people are going to be looking at the lock for a very long time, um, <laughs> even if it's just through the webcam. Um, I must <laughs> say I am absolutely surprised by the eyewitness accounts and also by the psychic insight. I, I, uh, I just thought the whole subject was a joke, but there is a serious side to it. Well, and as I mentioned to you while we were actually writing this up, the only thing I really associated with the Loch Ness Monster was the Scooby-Doo movie about it. So that was the first thing I thought about was a fictional TV show about the Loch Ness Monster. So a lot of this was actually really surprising to me. Yeah, I was kind of sad Cadborosaurus was no longer with us. Um, that uh, that would have been very much too good to be true, but uh, apparently there was one, and it was interesting that uh, the comment was made that uh, the seas were shifting, the, the salt content was changing. Um, I wasn't aware that was happening, but I guess it is, um, and uh, just shows what a fragile uh, planet we live on. Well, let's, of course, mention our Facebook page. So we do have a Facebook page, which too good to be true and the first two is spelled t-w-o so if you want to go to facebook type in too good to be true and like or follow us on there and we would love to hear feedback hear anything you think do you still think the Loch Ness Monster is fiction do you believe in the Loch Ness Monster do you know of any other lakes with strange creatures and of course we're always open to any different show topics so we would love to hear from the listening audience do you have anything to add, Dad? No, I'm just going to go on the webcam now and see what <laughs> I can see. Well, of course, thank you to all the listeners and stay tuned for next week's show. Mm-hmm.